Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Now, nonstop sports talk continues with news and analysis from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. Not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. This is the Big Six. It's going to be you. With your host, Jason Martin. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Welcome in, Big Six, right here on 104.5 The Zone, night three, show three. Again, I'll tell you, every night, exactly what number show this is. We'll see how far those numbers will go. I told you I would not waste your time. I told you that was the mission of this show. My name is Jason Martin. I'm at jmartoutkick on Twitter. You can follow me there. There's not a tremendous amount happening in the world of sports today. I'm sure that you know that. Yesterday was July 4th. It looked like it was fun outside. It was too hot for me to actually figure that out. So I just went ahead and stayed in and enjoyed the air conditioning that I think a lot of us take for granted that we have. Stayed indoors pretty much all day. But what is the story everyone's talking about today? The big story here on the Big Six tonight. I want to congratulate the United States of America. Yesterday, our country got a year older. But we may have done something truly remarkable yesterday. Or this week. We have officially stopped listening to LeVar Ball. This is a guy who has been a charlatan since day one. He's basically the new generation Don King for his own family and no one else. But there was a story that came out over the last 24 hours. Adrian Wojnarowski over at ESPN.com kind of laid it out. Basically said this yesterday on television. That knee injury... He has a torn meniscus, does Lonzo Ball. This information came out last week. I think there was a belief around the Lakers that it was within his world that that got leaked out there to keep him from getting traded. He doesn't want to be traded from L.A. It wasn't the Lakers who wanted information out of that knee injury. There were a lot of teams who were checking on possible deals with the Lakers. They wanted to know. There were a lot of questions about that knee. That was Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, NBA insider on ESPN. So Lonzo doesn't want to leave L.A. He's always wanted to play in L.A. He loves the Lakers. LeBron James was Lonzo's favorite player growing up. He loves the idea of playing with LeBron James. But the Lakers go out and they grab Rajon Rondo. And Lonzo can't shoot. Neither can Rondo. Apparently you have O as the last name, as the last letter of your last name. You're not allowed to shoot well as a uh, guard. But Lonzo Ball could be on the way out. We have no idea. But I was starting to think, and we were talking about on the first show, on the very first night of the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone, we talked about whether or not LeBron James and Lonzo Ball could coexist. And I said, of course they can. Lonzo seems to be a really good kid, and he's a smart player, great basketball IQ. Maybe he can develop a shot, but if not, there are a lot of things he can do. Remember, Jason Kidd, for much of his career, was nicknamed Asen Kidd because he didn't have a J. So you can still survive in the league, even if you're a streaky basketball player without a shot. 
But the question was whether or not he could coexist with LeVar Ball. So LeVar Ball this week talked. And I don't think a lot of you know that out there. And that's why I wanted to talk about this off the jump is because LeVar Ball talked and no one paid attention. And I'm proud of this country. I'm proud of much of sports media for not covering this. And of course, you could call me a hypocrite right now because I'm going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it to move on from it. LeVar Ball came out and told TMZ Sports he's expecting four championships now that LeBron's on the Lakers. He said he called LeBron to L.A. a long time ago because, yes, most everyone did. I knew he was coming to L.A., man. Everything lined up for me, he said. And then they, t- they asked him about Golden State signing Boogie Cousins. And he said the Warriors can sign Boogie Prince, Michael Jordan, anybody they want. They still ain't going to win with this team right here. The Lakers with LeBron, and it's going to get even worse once my two sons get here. So he still believes all three of his sons are going to play there. I know that he doesn't, but he's running his mouth. But nobody's talking about LeVar Ball. And I just appreciate that because I don't know how many articles or how many minutes of wasted time were spent across sports media And in some cases, media in general. I mean, LeVar Ball went on with Chris Cuomo on CNN for crying out loud. But how much ink or how much typeface or how much, what do you want to call it, um, carpal tunnel was exacerbated through talking about LeVar Ball. And then you have to think on a week when there's not as much happening, thank goodness again, we had LeBron James, we had DeMarcus Cousins, but over the last couple of days, nothing's happened. And I have seen a few stories pop out about LeVar over the past few days, but in general, most people have backed off that narrative. Because at some point, you're talking to yourself. And it got me to thinking, LeVar Ball has to be the top of the list of people in sports that I would rather never hear from again. But there is a list of people in sports that I think we'd all be better off not listening to or reacting to one way or the other. Perhaps they would then just go away and either play their sport, coach their sport, or talk about this industry, just do their job, but perhaps not be in our face as often as they have. We haven't really thrown out the phone number much on this show, but if you have thoughts on any of the things I'm going to talk about today, you can jump in with us at 615-737-1045. But I'm going to start laying out that list. I'm not going to lay out the big six, which is the gimmick here on the show. The big six is going to be safe for Joey Chestnut, which I'm going to have to talk about today as well. But I think I have an interesting angle on it that you might appreciate. But who would we be better off not listening to or reacting to one way or the other? I'm going to caveat this before I even say it by saying, look, as a joke, let's suggest, for instance, that you worked for, I don't know, Clay Travis. You might actually seek another job so that you didn't have to listen to Clay Travis ever again. Hypothetically speaking, I promise you that's just a joke, just a total joke. But there is a list of people that actually are on this list. And I'm not just going to name them. I'm going to tell you why. Draymond Green is near the top of my list. The reason why is because Draymond Green, to me, is the fakest of the fake tough guys. If Draymond Green played for the Orlando Magic, if he played for the Memphis Grizzlies, if he played for the Milwaukee Bucks, you would never hear a peep from Draymond Green because Draymond Green is the ultimate front runner. Draymond Green is the kid that you see 
on bad sitcoms or bad like children's specials from 10 to 15 years ago where there's this punk kid that's like five foot six or five foot seven that runs his mouth really effectively, has the gift of gab, does nothing but talks, would never win in a fight. But because he has like friends on the football team that are 6'10 that think he's hilarious, they stand behind him, which allows him then to bloviate and run his mouth at all times without real fear of reprisal. And it's not that Draymond Green couldn't fight. I don't know if he could fight or not. He was fighting people in bars. But when you see him on the floor, what's he doing? Well, he's going with low blows and nut shots. And people that do that don't generally strike me as particularly tough. But it's easy for Draymond Green to talk because he's got Kevin Durant playing behind him. He's got Stephen Curry playing behind him. He's got Klay Thompson playing behind him. He's got, you know, all of these rings. And he has played a part in those rings. But Draymond Green's not going to be the centerpiece of any team. And if he's playing in a small market, maybe he talks, but nobody cares what Draymond Green has to say. There could be some malcontents and some great interviews in the association that we have no idea about because their teams are flat out not relevant. Draymond Green went to the perfect situation to make him who he has become. But he does talk incessantly all the time. And a lot of times it does not sound particularly bright. If you want a pro wrestling analogy, we do host Squared Circle Radio here on Sunday mornings here on The Zone. I'm not going to go into great detail, but Enzo Amore is Draymond Green. That's an argument I've made in the past. I see somebody tweeting me right now, as a matter of fact, saying, yes, Draymond Green is Enzo Amore. That's right. How about Terrell Owens? Terrell Owens has talked about Terrell Owens for as long as Terrell Owens has been able to talk about Terrell Owens. He's going to give his Hall of Fame speech at UT Chattanooga. There's a theory out there that none of the teams wanted to actually sponsor the lavish party that Hall of Famers, at least of his kind of stature, are expected to have. The Hall of Fame will pay your way there, and they'll pay your hotel, and they will pay that for your family. But if you're going to have a party, you've got to pay that out of cost. And usually not even like rich athletes are able to do the kind of thing that we saw from Jerry Jones when he had Justin Timberlake last year. You remember you saw the photos. I think Kaharski and some of those guys were actually there. I think Kaharski, maybe Jonathan Hutton. We're actually at that party. But Terrell Owens has continued to talk, and so he's going to go to UT Chattanooga and speak at McKenzie Arena at 3.17 p.m. Eastern time, about four hours before the actual induction ceremony in Canton begins. I don't necessarily have too big a dog in the fight compared to people that play in the NFL, but some of the people that have played in the NFL that I know are just beside themselves about this because of all the Hall of Fames in sports. Football actually matters, and it's actually hard to get into. You're starting to see basketballs getting a little bit easier to get into, and then there are a lot of other Hall of Fames that are sort of on the sidelines. But when you take a look at the NFL Hall of Fame, you got to be elite to get in there. And one of the big things about it is having someone put on that jacket and then you talking to your peers as you're now on a level of equal respect with them. And T.O. is going to talk at UT Chattanooga and said he's proud to be a mock. He's honored to be able to share this experience with his family, friends, teammates, and place that they, you know, the this place that provided him an opportunity beyond high school and where he truly began to find himself. That's great. But this is T.O. wanting to be seen. This is T.O. pulling out the Sharpie for the Hall of Fame football and signing it in front of everybody just so that there's going to be added coverage of T.O. doing this. 
So he fits. T.O., Draymond Green, and again, I'm proud of sports media and sports in general that we have not given this LeVar Ball stuff that he said this week much airtime. Monday I said, when is LeVar Ball going to start talking? He already had. I just didn't even know it because no one was covering it. And that is absolutely phenomenal. I've got a much longer list of more people than I'm going to get to on the other side. Again, if you do have thoughts, if you have people in sports that you would just love to see go away in terms of ever having to hear from them again, 615-737-1045. We are going to talk about Joey Chestnut in a different way. I'll throw out the question to you now and you can start to think about it. Maybe you can tweet me at jmartoutkick if you have thoughts on this and can't get in. Joey Chestnut ate 74 hot dogs. It's disgusting. I don't really want to talk too much about competitive eating, but I do want to say if it was up to you and you had the choice of what you would eat in a competitive eating contest, throwing health out the window. Let's not talk about, well, I couldn't do that because my heart would explode. Throwing health out the window. What would you choose to eat in a competitive eating contest? It's not necessarily going to be your favorite food, but it's going to be the thing. I don't want you to tell me what you could win at, what do you think you could put the most down of, even if it was not timed? I will give you my big six items before the end of this program. So be thinking about that. We're off and running here on a Thursday, July 5th. This is a big six on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back in, big six. DJ Jmart with you again. That's Jake Bug right there off his second album. Another tremendous artist that you probably have overlooked, maybe haven't heard. Most people have heard Lightning Bolt and haven't heard much else. Maybe you've heard some things on some commercials over the last few years, but that song you probably have not heard. Absolutely tremendous. So go out of your way and check that out. I will continue to play music on this show on a regular basis pretty much in every break that I think you should be checking out. We will play some hits and we'll play some hip hop, but we're also going to play some stuff that I think is worth your time so I can get some of the pop culture love into this program. This again, the big six. I'm Jason Martin at J Martin Outkick. We were talking about guys in sports, people in sports, better off not listening to or reacting to anymore. And it doesn't mean that everything they say has no merit. There are people that I wrote down on my list that some of the things they say I am entertained by or intrigued by, and some people I pay attention to, but we'd still be better off without. So Draymond Green and Terrell Owens, and it was kind of off of this fact that LeVar Ball has talked this week and nobody's paying attention to it, which is fantastic. I put LeBron James down, even though I'd listen to LeBron James. I think he's very intelligent. He can be condescending at times, but I think I put him down just because I think a lot of you would actually put him down on your list. And also, this act with the hand cast, the wrist cast after the NBA Finals. This was not a good move. I don't understand why somebody didn't explain to LeBron, all you have to do, especially because of the way the media covers LeBron James, is go to that press conference without the wrist cast, answer the questions, be done, then walk out of that thing and go talk to Brian Windhorst or Dave McMenamin or whoever it is, Walk over to somebody and just be like, hey, by the way, kind of had a broken hand. And then they'll go write 2,500 words about how oh, LeBron James just played the NBA Finals with a broken hand. And then all, then everybody will ask you the question. You say, yeah, it was a little bit messed up, but hey, they were better than us. You take the high road even as you're taking the low road privately 
as you're actually orchestrating the low road, you can still take the high road publicly and come across a lot better. And he's had a few moments like this where he stepped in it, where if he had stayed a little bit more quiet, or in my opinion, been coached a little better in terms of what to say and what not to say by the people surrounding him, he'd be better off. I don't need to hear from Jim Harbaugh again until he starts winning football games. It's not that they don't ever win, but Jim Harbaugh hasn't won in a while. He, at this point, when he talks, I really don't care. You could also put James Franklin there. James Franklin wins, but James Franklin is so disingenuous, and you all know it because you watched him here. You watched the act here. You're seeing the act at Penn State. I like James Franklin to some extent, but he's another guy I put on the list because I think you would have put him on the list. Darren Ravel. Darren Ravel, years back or months, even months back, I wondered what exactly the problem people had with Darren Ravel. And then you start to see it with things last, like last night when in response to the hot dog eating contest, Darren Ravel called the judging error a black eye in the history of the sport. First off, not a sport. I know that 3HL uh, talked about whether or not Joey Chestnut was an athlete. I can't get there. I'm sorry. But just the idea that you would even need to tweet that. I think the big problem with Darren Ravel is he feels the need to tweet every ounce of knowledge that he can find, much of which no one could possibly care about. And if you even have facts to back up your argument that would shut him down, I have a friend, a friend in the media, who had a personal experience with Darren Ravel and said, look, you got this one wrong. Here's the facts. And he did it in a private way. And Darren Ravel just blocked him so he could never tweet him again and basically said you're wrong, and that was it. So Darren Ravel is just another one of those guys that he offers me very little but sometimes he'll give me ticket prices and things like that that are all right. But I think if he tweeted about a third of the time that he does, he would be liked about twice as much. Jalen Rose, to me, is about as overrated as anybody in sports media. I just do not find the guy interesting. I don't find his takes to be particularly insightful. And I recall, and I think I may have tweeted this out. I'm not sure that I actually did. But I believe it was during, I think it was the conference finals. The Cavs were playing, obviously. They were playing against Boston. And in game three, at halftime, this is the analysis from Jalen Rose at the booth. When they went to the countdown crew, which is certainly inferior to the TNT crew, Jalen Rose, they come to Jalen Rose and they said, what's your analysis? And Jalen Rose's response was, I told you before the game, LeBron James was going to have an impact on this one. What? When is the last game LeBron James played in where he didn't have an impact? It was before he was wearing an Irish jersey, and probably well before. I'm not sure he's ever... He was probably seven years old having a big impact on the game. Your analysis, what you're being paid millions of dollars for, both combined with what you're doing in the mornings and what you're doing as NBA coverage. When they come to you at halftime, your breakdown is LeBron James was going to have an impact on this basketball game. I need you to go away if that's what you've got for me. If you want to talk about some coaches or some people like that, Steve Kerr has gotten on my nerves increasingly over the last few years. Comes across incredibly arrogant to me. Some people would say Greg Popovich. I like his act, and I think it is an act. I don't need him talking to me about politics, but that goes for just about anybody in my daily life. Mike Milbury, I know a lot of Preds fans are out there applauding right now. The stuff he said about P.K. Subban, for instance, and a number of other things. But I will say, I thought Milbury did a nice job in the booth with Doc Emmerich 
where he wasn't really giving his opinions. He was simply analyzing what was happening, and he does have a good hockey mind. Some people would put Belichick on there. I think Belichick's right up there in terms of being disingenuous, but he used the word snap face. So he's one of my favorite people of all time just because he used the word snap face. Here's a big one. He's been in the news recently. Dennis Rodman. All this nonsense with North Korea and Trump and all of that. Again, irrespective to politics, I have no interest in what Dennis Rodman has to say about his crypto marijuana or any of the things that he is trying to do to bring Kim Jong-un to prominence in the United States. I'm good on that front. Dwight Howard went from, I'm just trying to have fun, man, back when he was in Orlando in the NBA Finals, where I think the Magic could have beaten the Lakers if they had not put Jameer Nelson back in the starting lineup and left Ray for Alston, who was on fire during that postseason, in there. Certainly could have challenged them a lot better. Dwight Howard was just this fun-loving kid. He's always smiling, and he's you know donning the Superman cape. Then all of a sudden, nobody wants to play with him, and nobody likes him, and nobody likes him in any locker room. Nobody liked him in L.A. Nobody liked him in Houston. He had a really good season this past year in Charlotte. Nobody paid attention to it, and Charlotte let him go as soon as they could. Went to Brooklyn. Brooklyn waved him. Now he's in Washington with other malcontents. They replaced Marcin Gortat, who I think was about to come to blows with John Wall. And now Dwight Howard walks into a chemistry-riddled situation in Washington. I don't think that that's going to make it any better for Dwight Howard. How about Jose Canseco? Jose Canseco is a guy that knifes out everybody, basically, narks out everybody that he believes ever took steroids because somehow that's going to make up for the fact that he cheated. If you have a problem with steroids, then you have a problem with Jose Canseco. He could nark out a million other people. It doesn't mean that Jose Canseco didn't take steroids. He's also never seen a dollar that he didn't want. All these celebrity rehabs and celebrity boxing and won't do a single interview without being paid for it. I'm good on that front as well. Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, Dana White, all of this has gotten tedious. There was a time when Dana White was really interesting. No longer. Arrogant guy. The stuff that happened with MMA fighting and Ariel Hawani over the years rubbed me the wrong way. Conor McGregor's act got stale a long time ago. Floyd Mayweather is a domestic violence guy who still talks, still makes a ton of money, and still has boring fights over and over again. And I don't care about boxing hype in 2018 from virtually anybody. Dick Vitale, after watching him during the SEC tournament this year, that was pretty much it for me and Dick Vitale. Deion Sanders and Michael Irvin, both on the NFL Network, get absolutely nothing from those guys. You can add John Gruden to this list, too. Deion is a guy that wants to be friends with everybody in the league, wants to smile and talk about how great all of these guys are, never seems to say much critical unless he's saying it about Tennessee Titans cornerbacks for some reason. Michael Irvin, Michael Irvin is fine from time to time, but the idea that if you play football, you shouldn't have any other interests, that Myron Roll, for example, should not have been drafted because he also wanted to pursue a career as a doctor, as a neurosurgeon, that that meant that he was split, so he didn't care enough about football, so you didn't want him on the team. I'm good on that as well. Michael Bennett, is not particularly articulate and says a lot of stupid things and gets lauded by the media. Shannon Sharp and the guy across the table from him on television on Fox Sports 1 certainly make this list. Mike Francesa near the top of the list because he went away and couldn't stay away, buried the guy that replaced him who worked for him for years 
and then bullied his way back in because he couldn't stay away and thought that the sports world needed his opinion on everything, despite the fact he's been doing it for as long as he has. John Gruden, after the act he pulled for the University of Tennessee, wanting to be seen, the fact that he was the most bubblegum analyst I have ever seen in a major sport, never had a bad thing to say about anybody. The reason why is because he was desperately trying to get back into the league, something we all know quite well right now. That's just my list. And you can add a bunch of, look, the media personalities, I tried to leave most of them out. You can put like Stephen A and a lot of those guys out there. It just depends on if you like them or not. If you don't like them, you don't want to hear from them. Most of those guys that have giant platforms have plenty of people that hate them that never want to hear from them again. And then they have plenty of fans that stand in line at 6 a.m. to be on TV with them when they're on national television. So it just depends on whether or not you like that pundit or not as to whether or not you want them to talk. I think athletes and things that they say and things that they do is a little bit different. So that's just my list. If you've got thoughts, at jmartoutkick is where you can hit me up on Twitter and let me know. I told you and I teased this, and I'm going to do it in the final segment. If you had the choice, what would you competitive eat? I will give you my big six. But up next, the debut of a new segment that we're going to do from time to time on this show. It's called the USDA Take. If you want me to explain it, I'm not going to do it. That's called a tease, folks. We'll see you in three minutes, and I will explain it right here on 104.5 The Zone. It's the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone debut week. I'm Jason Martin, your host at Jmart Outkick, Kurt Vile. Bringing us back. Waking on a pretty day, the name of that tune. Check it out. Great album as well. Great artist, period. But that's the lead track on the album, and it's also my favorite. All right, I told you before the break, USDA take. New segment we're going to do on this show from time to time. What is the USA, the USDA take? It is a tried and true take. It is a guaranteed, opinionated, strong, top-end take. And it's usually something that you may have heard if you've heard me in other forums before or read me before. You might have read this before because it's something I have extremely strong opinions on and something that I think might make you smarter or something that might make you think in a different way. And on a day like today where there's not a lot of live sports news to react to, not a lot of big things, I could talk about NBA free agents that are signing or this or that but there's not a lot of just top-end stuff that today, right now, timely, I need to be informing you about. I'm going to break these out for you. And I'm going to lead off with one that I wrote about a few months ago that we talked about, I believe, on Squared Circle Radio as well. And I think it's something that definitely bears a conversation. I don't know how many UFC fans are out there in the audience right now. And I don't know how many WWE fans are out there in the audience right now either. But if you're a sports fan at all, you paid attention to the fact that Fox acquired SmackDown from the WWE and let the UFC go, and eventually they got snapped up by ESPN and ESPN+. And some of you out there probably wondered, why on earth would you go for a quote-unquote fake sport instead of UFC when UFC was exploding? Well, the key word there is was, because UFC is struggling. Right now, the list of guys that have drawn like serious money in the UFC is not particularly long. 
John Jones made money. Brock Lesnar made money. At times, Anderson Silva did pretty well. You had like Tito Ortiz. You had a few guys that that were able to move the needle. And then, of course, you had Ronda Rousey. But if I asked you to name five current UFC fighters that you truly care about right now, who would you name? Seriously, who would you name? The, the list is short. And it's not to say that there's a bunch of WWE wrestlers that you care about. That's not my argument. I worked in pro wrestling for nine and a half years. And I've written about it off and on for almost 20. And I've been a casual UFC fan, but I, I usually go to somebody like Hawani or Kevin Ioli or Dan Wetzel or somebody that pays a lot more attention than I do to get my news and analysis on the UFC outside of the big fights where it's kind of easy to, to see sort of what's happening and follow what's going along. But if I'm taking this and I'm breaking it down to the baseline point as to why Fox made the right decision long term to go with WWE and not UFC, it boils down to this point. There is simply too much dough involved in making stars to leave outcomes up to chance. I really could, I don't really have to say anything else, but let me explain it to you. When you go back and you think about Mike Tyson getting knocked out by Buster Douglas and how historic that was, or if you go back and you think about how Ronda Rousey dominated the UFC and then Holly Holm caught her, beat her, and then Rousey was never the same afterwards. That problem showed up in both those situations. Mike Tyson was still Mike Tyson. Ronda Rousey was still Ronda Rousey, at least in name and at least in face. But in terms of what they meant to their sport, it began to drop. And the problem is you don't know and you can't control the outcome as to who beats your stars. Buster Douglas, when he beat Mike Tyson, never did anything else of note. No one knows anything about James Buster Douglas except that he beat Mike Tyson. You weren't able to transition from Tyson to another star because you didn't plan on Buster Douglas. Holly Holm beat Ronda Rousey and then fell off a cliff. Misha Tate beat her, then Amanda Nunez beat her. And either one of them, especially Amanda Nunez, who was champion there for a, a longer time than Misha Tate was, could walk into this room right now wearing a shirt that says, I am Amanda Nunez, and I'm not sure I could actually adequately tell her who she was. Although pro wrestling has predetermined outcomes, and that can have its own problems if you look at it there, I don't know why you would, because you're watching scripted television all the time. And I'm not necessarily making fun of reality TV, but anything you watch on HBO or FX or AMC or Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, wherever it is, it's scripted. It's got an outcome. WWE might as well be Game of Thrones. But the difference is, if I wanted Ronda Rousey, and this is why Ronda Rousey also made the right decision in going to the WWE, not just because she's not going to get punched in the head, but because she's not going to lose unless they tell her she has to. And because of who she is and what she means from a financial standpoint, no one is ever going to tell her to lose. It's not going to happen for a long, long time. Ronda Rousey now knows that Holly Holm is not out there for her anymore. There's no Holly Holm in WWE. They'll sit down with her at some point and say, look, hey, we need to build this person up, so we're going to have you lose in this case. But they can keep her streak going as long as they wanted to, and she could never lose. That's not the case in UFC unless they were to start scripting all their fights. 
And that's the problem. You cannot leave this stuff up to chance because all of the money and all of the interest comes in a few select names in the UFC who could walk in, catch a punch in the nose, and then all of their marketability is almost destroyed. So if you're Fox, you pick the product that you know is going to consistently give you entertainment every single time. They can surprise you just like any UFC fight could because they're scripting it. They can script a swerve. They can swift, you know, script something that you're not necessarily expecting. And the other thing is, a fight can end in 13 seconds. We saw Rousey beat people over and over again in basically Vine videos. And then you're sitting there watching Talking Heads talk for the next 50 minutes, which is about as big a death as you can watch live on television. Pro wrestling, if it's a three-hour show, you're going to get three hours of entertainment, maybe three hours and five minutes with an overrun because they've got it scripted. When you are sitting there and it's 35 minutes after the hour and it's time for the main event and you see those guys come out and the bell rings, you know that match is going about 20, maybe 25 minutes. You know that it's going to happen. It's guaranteed. That's the difference. The entertainment that you get from WWE is guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in UFC. Talk to Dana White. Who are his stars? Who is it that you're thinking about and you're just like, well, I'm going to drop money on that guy's fights outside of the John Jones. If Brock Lesnar were to come back, maybe you would care. If Ronda Rousey came back, maybe that would interest you once. But as the stars lose, they lose their star power. WWE can create stars. They can even unintentionally create things like a streak for someone not losing at WrestleMania for almost, for basically two decades. And then they can then take that first loss and make their next superstar. They can actually pick out who their next star is going to be. In UFC, you might have the most uncharismatic guy that can barely string a sentence together, or in the case of Amanda Nunez, just doesn't speak the language particularly well, which creates a marketing problem. And that person can be dominant, and that doesn't help you much in the mainstream. In the WWE, you find the guy that can talk, that has the best look, you point him out, and you don't let him lose for 18 months. And then all of a sudden, you have a superstar that can sell t-shirts for you and sell tickets for you and do all these things that cannot happen inside of UFC. That's why Fox picking WWE made sense from the beginning. Because what was left up to chance, what is left up to chance in the world of sports is not left up to chance in professional wrestling. I would go for the scripted sporting entertainment, if you will, rather than the very inconsistent, I don't know if I have a marketable star to put on in prime time actual fight that's happening. It's the one sport, or combat sports in general, really is kind of the one sport where you're not guaranteed any kind of time limit. I know when the Lakers are playing the Cavaliers that I'm going to get four quarters and 48 game minutes and maybe overtime. And I know how long generally that's going to stretch within about a half hour or so. But again, if a fight ends in 13 seconds and then I'm staring at people in suits talking for 55 minutes, that ain't good. Fox has not had a lot of great scripted shows as of late. The 24s, the houses, the prison breaks, all the stuff that used to really help them out in primetime, we haven't seen that stuff. We've seen some critically acclaimed shows, but nobody's watching those shows. So they're moving on. They're letting stuff like Brooklyn Nine-Nine lapse, and they're bringing in a consistent audience that does over 3 million viewers a week. And one piece of thought, just to keep in mind as we go to this final break, is this. 
there was a time between 96 and 1998 where 10 million people were watching pro wrestling on Monday nights, split between two companies. That number has now been cut to around three. So over, you know, somewhere around six to seven million people, and there's been some overlap. So let's say maybe it's four million people have just walked away because they don't like the current product. But think of the built-in audience of the diehards that will follow WWE wherever they go, knowing of the consistency of that product. Even when they don't like it, they're still watching it. The product objectively right now is not very good, and you're still guaranteed 3 million viewers. If you don't have the right fighter in a UFC fight, ain't nobody tuning in to watch that. We'll be right back. Big 6, 104.5 The Zone. Final segment, Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. This midweek holiday has wrecked me. It just doesn't make any sense. It feels like it should be Saturday. I bet you're feeling the same way. Hopefully traffic has made it easier for you, and hopefully we've made it easier for you and entertained you here on 104.5 The Zone all day today. I'm Jason Martin at Jmart Outkick, at least from the time being. You can uh, follow me there on Twitter. So I teased this off the top. We don't have a Big Six like reaction like we do sometimes to some of the bigger stories. But I'm going to give you a big six list tonight. Joey Chestnut ate 74 hot dogs. He's disgusting. That's the short version. He broke his own record. There was controversy because they missed a plate when they were judging. He still won it without the plate. He was at 64, and the guy who they thought might be able to dethrone him was at 63, and then they realized he had eaten another plate of 10. So he actually goes for 74. So good for Joey Chestnut. And I've got a stat about his net worth that I'm going to drop for you here at the end of the show. But it made me start to think, if health were not an issue, and if it maybe not even that it was timed, just if there was something that I could sit down in front of and just take out like it was my job from a food perspective, what would that be? I think my number one is untouchable. And I think if you disagree with it, you need to reevaluate your life. But I've got six, and they will be your big six for tonight. One of them comes with a story. I'm not putting them in any kind of order until we get to number one. French fries, because they're small and because you can actually, look, you can get into an argument about what kind of fries. I'm probably looking at something like a five guys. Something like that. You just put a vat of them in front of me, hand me a ladle, and I'm just good to go. But you could probably do the same thing with, you know, like I'm a big fan of the McDonald's fries and things like that as well. So there's there's a lot of different options there, but I think French fries is definitely something you could take out that you would pay for mightily later. But again, I'm not including that because no one, I'm not advocating anyone actually do any of this. Pizza is something, if you go sit down at a pizza buffet and you don't pay attention, you can eat a ton of pizza, not realize it, and then the carbs will come back on you later. If you're eating all that crust, you're not really paying attention. You get out of the buffet, you go to a shopping center or whatever it is that you're doing, and 45 minutes later, you realize, you know what? I think I just ate about seven pounds worth of dough and didn't even realize it. So it can sneak up on you. 
And if you can get like a thin crust, I think you could take out a lot of pizza. If I'm going with some kind of dessert, I mean, you could go with ice cream, but I think the headaches would stop. Me, at least. Dunkin' Donuts munchkins. Just donut holes. Not full donuts. They're too hard to eat because they can be too thick. I need something that's easy. So I would go with the munchkins, and I can take those out. I haven't had a munchkin in well over a year. I was in Dunkin' Donuts yesterday and did get myself an iced coffee with Splenda and looked at munchkins, and I was like, I wonder if they'd sell me one munchkin. And then I looked at it, it was like it's 80 calories and like 20 carbs and like one munchkin. So I just walked out sadly with my head down and said, I'm, these, these days are behind me. I'm not a child anymore and walked out. But I think I could take those out. I see we've got somebody tweeting us now saying cookies or brownies. I think I could take out sleeves of like thin mint cookies as well, if I'm being honest. A good Girl Scout cookie is worth its weight in gold. Here comes the story. There are Fazoli's here in Nashville, and I know there were Fazoli's where I grew up. I don't know if they're nationwide, but they are in a lot of places around the country. I played tennis and actually lettered in it in high school in North Carolina. And after a meet once, we actually went to Fazoli's, and I engaged in a breadstick eating contest. These were the garlic variety breadsticks, of which they're just fantastic. And this was like my go-to place, because you could go and sit down and get like a $3 plate and then get all-you-can-eat breadsticks. This was not a healthy option for me, but I was not a healthy human being at this point. I have no idea how I lettered in tennis. Of all sports that I could have played, the fact that I, that I played tennis fairly competitively, even on like a citywide level outside of school, still kind of boggles my mind. But I ate 27 breadsticks at Fazoli's and lost. This was dejecting to say the least. And it was my best friend that beat me who weighed probably 100 pounds less than me. And he, look, if you're sitting down, this is the analogy. If you're sitting down, I don't really know how this would work because I've never done it. But if you've seen like the old Westerns where you see people sitting across from each other and they both got shot glasses and they're going shot for shot in some kind of contest and somebody ends up falling over and the guy takes one more shot and he's done. That's not what my friend did. We were going breadstick for breadstick. He went to 35. Like, I don't need the insult to injury. At 27, why don't you just eat the 28th and be done? You don't, it's not like you're hungry. He felt terrible, and we felt horrible for like a day after. But I don't understand for the life of me why you don't stop at 28. Did you need to embarrass me in front of the entire rest of the team? Joey Chestnut wins by 11 against competition where I read articles that somehow this guy was going to dethrone Joey Chestnut. That absolutely did not happen. We had somebody tweet us here just now and said, chips and salsa, I can't ever stop. I actually had written down chips and queso. Not a big salsa person, huge queso person. Chips and queso, I think I could take out a lot. And then we get to number one. Number one to me is untouchable. Let me tell you who the best guy at any party is. The best guy or gal at any get-together, any soiree, any hoedown, is the one that shows up with the party tray of Chick-fil-A nuggets. The one that shows up with Chick-fil-A nuggets, the 50 or the 100 or whatever it is, that guy becomes the most popular person that ever walked into any party. The opposite of Cecily Strong's, the person you'd never want to talk to at a party on Saturday Night Live. He walks in with that tray, and there is no one better. So I'm telling you right now, if you put Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets in front of me, 
I don't sense a way in which I would stop eating them if they continued to be provided for me unless I actually passed out or needed to sleep. I would forego getting up and using the restroom. I would forego anything else that might be going on around me. Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets are absolutely 100% undefeated when it comes to food. And I know you're going to ask, do you eat breaded or grilled? Well, I eat grilled now, obviously, and fairly sparingly. But I'm talking about the breaded nuggets. The breaded nuggets are laced with crack cocaine. I, I just feel it in my bones that things should not taste as good as Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. So that's my number one. I've got people backing me up on Twitter now telling me that Fazoli's breadsticks are legit. They are indeed. 27 of them. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Probably not your best option. I would not do that at all. All right, pop culture recommendation for you on the way out. This is something I didn't know existed until two days ago. Language, maybe not as much as what you would want. It's, it's, it's a little more than what I usually go for these days. But it's extremely funny. And I was watching it here in the studio. Somebody brought it to my attention via a text message. I looked it up, and sure enough, it was hilarious. And you may already know about it. It's from Funny or Die. They do this kind of five-minute video web series, and they have two seasons of it now called Zach Morris is Trash. In which case, they break down a 30-minute Saved by the Bell episode in about four and five minutes to explain to you how bad a human being Zach Morris actually was on that show. And they lay out all of the things that he has done, and they do it in a very, very funny fashion. I don't know how long it takes to put this script together, but I can tell you it takes some time to put this script together because this thing is impeccably edited. It is absolutely on point. Almost every single joke lands, and all this stuff is available for you for free. So if you want a recommendation, if you want to fall down one of those media holes tonight or sometime this weekend when you're not particularly busy and you're just enjoying yourself, that is your answer. Zach Morris is trash from Funny or Die. All right, quickly before we go, things that make you go, hmm. Joey Chestnut net worth, $800,000. That's your stat for the night. He has launched his own condiment line as well. 100% of online sales going to military charities. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, he stated, I will not stop until I reach 70 in 2012. Well, he's at 74 right now. His first eating contest, deep fried asparagus in 2005. Ate six and a half, six and a half pounds in 11 minutes. That is food for thought. And that was not an intentional line, but not bad, right? We'll see you on 104.5 The Zone.